Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. On this episode, I've got Eric Whitaker. Now this is a long, uh, long chit chat. It's about an hour and a half. I decided to just put it all together and put it up here for you. So, you know, if you're headed to the DMV or getting some dental work done, this should get you through. Uh, I've known Eric for a long time, almost, as I, I think we're pushing about 20 years now, and uh, we talk about everything from politics and social media to the role of the artist in dire times like this. This is one of uh, about 50 interviews that I have at livingwithagenius.com. If you'd like to hear more, head on over to uh, lwagpod or livingwithagenius.com. Check them out. Lots there for you. And you know what? If you're not into it, I think I'm probably going to have Eric on every year. So at least you can tune in annually. I hope you enjoy the interview. Thanks so much for listening. And here's Eric. Let me turn that up a little bit. Oh, yeah. so we're on right now? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's appropriate that I'm... Uh, are you texting Hila? Uh, no, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm posting to Facebook. Oh, you are? How embarrassing is that? Dude, I'm on a, I'm in a Twitter war right now. With who? I wouldn't say a war. I don't know if it's a war. <laughs> what? You know, I'm prone to hyperbole, so... You should avoid that uh, stuff, man. Yeah, I know uh, I should. The, I know. The, this the, is something you're good at. I'm not good at it. But maybe you, you took the bait? Wait, what happened? I didn't take the bait. Uh, for some somehow I got, let me bring it up. I got involved in this conversation of uh, taxation for expats. What? For American expats. Why? What happened? Um, well, well, which side did you take? That they should be taxed or they shouldn't? Well, you know, I, I think that, I, I think both. I think that they should be taxed because there are, Great privileges. You mean these are people who have literally who renounced American, their citizenship, no, no, or no, just no. living abroad? Yeah, they're just living abroad. So they're American citizens who uh, who are living abroad. Okay, let me adjust. So that. I I have some experience with yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I I didn't even intend this to happen, and I didn't. So anyway, I'm being accused of uh, being anti-American. It says, always amazed how anti-American these homeland Americans are toward Americans overseas, especially military vets. So apparently I hate uh, military vets. Because you're saying that they should be taxed. Yeah, I think, that, I, think that, I think two things. I think that if you're living abroad and you want to maintain your U.S. citizenship, it gives you free entry to the country. You are, you're already a resident. You have voting rights. You have uh, Medicare and you have Social Security rights. You have entitlements. And... I don't see anything wrong with being taxed. What I do disagree with is how much it costs to renounce your citizenship. You know, it's like $2,500 a person, which is the highest in the world. But wait a minute. Okay, so like when I was in any, in England, yeah. so uh, we were paying tax here yeah, on, on monies that were earned in the U.S. But, sure. but if if you're just saying, like, say I hadn't earned any money in, in the U.S., right. but I should still be being taxed on the money that I'm earning no, while no, living no, no. abroad? Oh, no. so just money you're earning. Yeah. But if you're an expat, then most people are don't, that way. They're not making any money in the U.S. They're That's making right. it all somewhere else. That's right. So I'm not really sure what this this guy. Okay, uh, but did it get did it get angry with each other? No. Okay. I mean, I try and I try and be very. Uh, <laughs> well, I know you. You what you do is you get like kind of placid, but but beneath it is you're, well, you, you know, I'm in that phase. Yeah, I'm in that phase where I'm uh, <laughs> where I'm a little bit sociopathic, where I'll stare somebody very calmly in the eyes and smash their toy and put it in the trash. <laughs> I've 
been practicing on my four-year-old so i'm really i'm really starting to hone those skills uh let's see so yeah so to that so that thing about uh he says it's ironic that the most anti-american attitudes are from homeland americans not americans overseas and i said please don't lump me into your gross and simplistic overgeneralizations because he doesn't know anything about me he's just assuming that i i feel that way and he says well if the lump fits then it fits if it does not then it does not (laughs) i said how perfectly obfuscatory I'm sure he's spending his time looking that up. He hasn't responded. Uh, no, no. So I don't know. He's just this, this. The thing with social media, though, is is I've always found you like what comes back. It's it's like the end of Abbey Road, the Beatles album. Yeah. So you know, and in the end, the love you take is equal to love you make. Yeah. Social media. If you put negativity out there, it oh. just comes back. No, it's absolutely. like a mirror, right? Absolutely. So I found that the, the only way to avoid a social media war is yeah. to just not be negative. Even right. if somebody comes at you with negativity, then you might right. come back with them and say. Um, well, most of the time I just wouldn't respond. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, you're I mean, not going to change like, one's mind. I know. I mean, he's making all these assumptions that I that aren't true about me, and and I'm I haven't been rude at all. I, I actually have said, you know, I I agree with you. It should not be so expensive to denounce your citizenship, but you also cannot deny that American citizenship is worth something. So if you want to continue to maintain it, there may be some cost involved but this is just some random dude just some random guy I, and i don't even know i can't even remember how it started i mean I, 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 this isn't even my this isn't even my my thing I, I you know i don't know how twitter works well enough to figure out what happened here <laughs> <laughs> honestly i mean he did he he resorted to name calling and i said your your comments about me are in, inaccurate and incredibly rude grow up <laughs> yeah but this is twitter yeah that, that's what happens with twitter it's like if, if you if you engage if for a moment you engage, yeah, right. That can then it only starts. It turns into mudslinging. I guess. You know, there's no. I don't know why. Why don't I know this already? I mean, you're not going to have a free exchange of ideas on. I mean, on this social guy. Media. This guy very calmly said, "You know, for a family of four, that's over ten thousand dollars." So what was the inciting incident? And I what, said, what "You know, you're right." I said, "That is that's expensive." Yeah. You're. I don't disagree. That's absolutely true, and I I don't think it should cost that much. If you want to move somewhere else. Hell, I want to move somewhere else. But if I want the freedom to own a, an address here and to come and go as I please and to have the right to earn an income here at any time, have the right to Social Security and have the right to other entitlements. This you know, is all on Twitter? I'm like, it's just someone I'm like, you dude, don't know? You can't like have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, and they went so far as to call me a not a not genius. Like, that's oh really hurtful. God. Yeah, I said, yeah, well, he'd start. I don't know. I don't know how this started, but he said it's terribly wrong to double tax the unrepresented. I said, you, you have a vote just like I do. Yeah, you're so crazy, man. You know, how am I? How are you any less represented than I am? I learned so long ago that it's just this. It's 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 a mirror. That's it. So you, you you're not gonna you yeah. can't have a conversation. Well, especially with someone you don't know. That's the thing. You don't have no idea who this person is. Yeah. No. They could be unhinged. Yeah. It's. I, I think they might be. Yeah, yeah. They might be. And so you yeah. might be thinking, oh, was it something I said? And no. Yeah, as no. it turns out, it's no. it, it's. Don't the, you get the urge to just? I mean, sometimes I'll admit. Sometimes I just I fire with both barrels just just for fun, just a troll. Does that's not appealing to you? Doesn't it's like. Do you have a troll account? No. <laughs> That's a good idea. Let me reverse engineer this. It's <laughs> actually a good idea. What, and then what I could do is say terrible things about myself, like get get into fights with myself. Yeah, sure. Um, no, no, no. I, no. It, um, 
It's not satisfying at all to you. Occasionally, occasionally, I, the, somebody will post something that's really rough. Yeah, you know, like yeah. uh, because because my online persona is all uh, about my music. You yeah. know, then yeah. then usually the attack comes after me or my music. Uh, as as a yeah. as, as a performer or as a personality. I see. And so so sometimes you know sometimes it really stings. Like somebody will say something, and go, oh my. I can't, and I want to defend it. Yeah, you know, but it's um, petty. Uh, yeah, it's petty, or it goes right to the core, whatever it is. But you mean what I say no, I mean back what is you petty? Say back. Yeah. Oh well, no. Yeah, so, engaging. So, no. So then my response always is to be very thoughtful about it, which yeah. is to hit. You know, I'm I'm going to be the adult in the room, and I'm yeah. going to break this same, down. I, try, I do the same. Thing. Right. I know, but but then that yeah. also doesn't. What are you going to change their mind? You know. So no. it's uh, no. Uh, but maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, there's a part of me that says if. If you just roll over, history is doomed to repeat itself. That that if you don't say something, whether it lands on deaf ears or not, I don't know if that's relevant. I feel like just the act of knowing, the act of them knowing that there is resistance to their crazy ideas may be worth something, may be worth enough in that form. Yeah, this, I is, don't know. this is what Hila, this is what my wife says too. You know, she's, she's, she, she's, it's, She's all about no. You need to punch back. You know, like like let them know. Yeah. Even, even if one person out there lets them know this is not okay, that's what you've got to do. Yeah. But you can do both. You can be civil and adult and calm and rational and and unoffensive, without ad hominem attacks the and thing, act just. But for me, it actually it gets my heart rate up. You know, like if I if if I'm scrolling through stuff people have you know posted to me, yeah. and then there's there comes this really. Yeah. tough message yeah uh, it, it sure it really it riles you up yeah it's like oh my god you know it, it really hits hard yeah. and so um if i engage yeah now we're in it and god forbid i engage and and then they come back harder or there's other it's it's yeah, not that i'm this fragile snowflake but just like really is that what i'm gonna do with my day yeah is, yeah, yeah. is kind of you know have this like i i don't want to be there i don't want to be there well, emotionally. This, i have to admit that this thing on twitter today for me forced me to think about something I don't know anything about. I haven't really considered the, I've considered the uh, the uh, emotional and practical, well, I guess just the emotional cost of moving abroad. I haven't really considered what it, the practicalities, like it actually costs a lot to drop your citizenship. And I, I don't know why, maybe there's a great reason. Maybe, maybe there's just a lot of uh, people that need to do paperwork and you gotta pay for it. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, in my experience, the whole thing is complex and Byzantine. You yeah. know, we moved over there for five years, and it was it was nuts. Yeah, you know, it, just getting it right, just getting the taxes right, correct. It, it, oh, the tax. Yeah. We're, st we're still dealing with all the tax stuff back and forth because yeah. the, both countries claim, oh no, this is ours, this is ours, and you know, there's intermediaries and 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 then, uh, but even on top of that, there's something like so when we wanted to move and we got a visa mm -hmm. right from uh, this three-year visa from the UK, the, the way it was set up, you have to go into this very specific New York office to get it stamped. But we're living in England, all three of us, mm -hmm. so we had to fly to New York to get our passport stamped to come back, and that's that's indicative of a dozen different crazy just things. Bureaucracy, like that. yeah, just just madness that yeah. costs so much money and so much time. Yeah. Uh, and so I have this special sympathy for expats because it's, mm -hmm. it, you really are between worlds in sure. a strange way. Sure. I mean, had you ever considered just dropping your citizenship? No, no, never. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I was paying back into American taxes. So I didn't feel like I was getting all of the benefits of being an American citizen for free while living 
over. Right. But you, I guess the so fact that you is... can move back to what is now a foreign country with no paperwork, it makes it, I mean, there, there are benefits to maintaining your citizenship, which obviously you did. Yeah. And the benefit outweighs the cost. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Otherwise, it would have been a different choice, I would imagine. Yeah, so the thing, though, is then when, when you tax those people. Yeah. But they, it's in place. So you do get, like, for instance, I said, I got taxed on all my American income right. while I was living there. Right. But are you saying that people should get taxed on? No, no, no. I'm saying that I don't understand this other dude's argument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to quote you on my next Twitter response. But, but this, all. Is, this is all. Don't quote. Per don't Eric me Whitaker, no, God. you're an idiot. <laughs> Call me at this number. <laughs> this is the thing. And, it, you know, this this speaks to a larger problem with social media is that yeah. it's so reductive yes. that you really rarely. It's binary. Can, yes. Yeah. So so the best I think you can hope for is to to hope the best for the person that's saying. It. So for, for instance, oftentimes somebody will say something that the first time I read it is like, wow, yeah. that, like, that is just impossibly rude. Right. Yeah. But 95% of the time, if I respond in a in a sweet way. Mm -hmm. Or if I respond, not even in a sweet way, but just say, you do realize this is me, that this is my account. Right. This is not, then they'll immediately respond like, oh, oh God, oh, I didn't mean that to yeah. be, you know, that there's just this. Oh, it's it, like driving. It's like being in your car yeah, in exactly, LA. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it, shooting people all the time. Yeah. And it turns out they're you know, just, you know, yeah. they happen to be. You know, probably it, wouldn't happen at the grocery store. Well, I don't know about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, so now I default only on, and also, uh, Heal and I argue about this as well. She she thinks that I should be like you. You know, I'm very politically minded yeah. and very socially conscious. I have lots of opinions, and, mm -hmm. and uh, she, she thinks I should be on social media much more active with yeah. these kinds of things. And I just, you mean to take advantage of the platform that you have as a, exactly, as a personality, exactly, and 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 uh, and also just to. Uh, just as an individual, that's just it. As a, yeah, just as I'm yeah. a citizen. Here's right. what I believe. Right. Um, the, so would you never do a Meryl – you'd never pull a Meryl Streep? Yeah, it's, it was fascinating watching her do yeah, that. Um, yeah. And this is something we've talked about before. Yeah, you know, about yeah. – well, in terms of music, like, for instance, when I write a piece that's in a protest piece or right. – Well, the difference between what you produce as an artist and, and, and you as the artist having a platform and expressing your opinions uh, in one way or the other. Yeah. And I, I see that you express it through your music. But you're reluctant to express it as an artist. I mean, as a person with a platform, as a celebrity of sorts. I, I think my 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 fear with all of it is that it's meaningless. Yes, that's right. what we talked about. Yeah, explain yeah. that to me again. Well, so I, let's I let's, really let's take Meryl Streep for instance. Yeah, okay, yeah. so I really admire what she what she did and who she is. Yes. I really admire her, and it's that's absolutely it's, that's her prerogative. But I would imagine everybody who agreed with her said, yes, Meryl Streep. And everybody mm -hmm. who didn't agree with her said Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. But I doubt there were very few people that said, you know, I'd never considered that. Boy, I'd, I'd thought one way, but Meryl Streep said this, and, you know, I think I'll consider I don't think it had an effect. It and has so, no utility. Yeah, so then it becomes, I'm not saying it's about Meryl Streep, but I, what I worry about for myself is then it becomes an exercise in, in ego. I'm, my my opinion is so important that I'm going to let the world know how I feel. When in, in as a matter of fact, everybody's got their their own thoughts and opinions about it. And because of the medium of the internet, that it, that I can't really have a thoughtful dialogue with the people that I'm, uh, you know, trying to convince or even just trying to have. Uh, but maybe a, an argument I mean, with. maybe it, maybe it, I I agree with you. I think you're right. 
But maybe that's not the point. Maybe Meryl Streep spearheads an industry that generally feels the same way. And she's putting certain people on notice to say that there is a big chunk of us that have a lot of money and a lot of influence who think you are wrong. And maybe that changes the behavior on the other side, whether they agree with it or not. Maybe that's what needs to be. Maybe, maybe that's Hila's point, right? Like you, you stand up and you just tell people that I see you. I see you, asshole. <laughs> I mean, I tried it one day on Facebook. I, I, I had I, I'd gotten really upset. I was reading, uh, I can't remember at the time, but it was it had to do with climate change. Yeah. And climate change deniers, senators who are climate change right. deniers and powerful senators. And uh, I think the one that I was responding to was James Inhofe, you know, mm -hmm. the senator coming in with the snowball mm -hmm. onto the floor mm -hmm. of the Senate and right. saying, um, I just know the difference between weather and climate change. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so I think I posted something like, and this was, I wasn't throwing fire at all. I was genuinely curious, something like, uh, I wonder if in a hundred years, historians will view climate change deniers alongside history's worst villains and despots, mm -hmm. right? Because you, there's an argument to be made that a right. hundred years from now, when 50 million people have been displaced or, or oh, killed mass by mass calamity, yeah, yeah by sure. pandemics or God knows what's going to right. happen, mm -hmm. that they'll look back and say, these people knew, yeah. they knew and didn't do anything or uh, obfuscated the truth. Okay, so I posted that. Mm -hmm. I can't even describe the madness that happened on my Facebook page. Just on both sides, people, lots of people agreeing with me, yeah. but then a healthy number of people not only disagreeing with me, but upset that I would use my platform to not explore both sides of the argument to misinform the the youth to now but that's not your obligation your obligation is to tell what's true to you and 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 to not conf confuse fact with truth now here's Those the interesting two different thing. things so but my obligation i don't feel is a monologue i never felt like my obligation is to stand up and say here's what i think do with it what you will uh -huh. i view social media as a community it really feels like it's, it's a big team we're a big group of people mm -hmm. we're all doing this together mm -hmm. and so so I'm not sure my duty is just to stand up and say, here's what I think. Now you're going to do with that. It's more like, yeah, we're so, – so if, if, for instance, my goal were to change minds, yeah. that's not the way I would change them is to say, here's what I think about the world. And you should let that bounce off of you. How do you – I mean we've talked about this recently about how when you present people with facts that, that uh, goes against their own truths, it – they dig their heels in. Yeah. The, How do you get around that? The what's the Dunning Kruger effect or whatever it is. Yeah. What's the solution then? Uh. I mean, so, do you just sc scrap them away from from whatever you think and just call your senator and try and jam through your your own agenda? I mean, what's yeah. That, well, what's well with, with within our own within our social uh, uh, construction, then then we absolutely use every tool of democracy available to you, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. so yes, you. You, you do everything you can legally uh, to to further your agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're going to as well. That's yes, the nature of absolutely. democracy, and they vote, yeah. and we vote, and hopefully, we find this beautiful middle ground. Right. It's, it's it's a big experiment. It's right. still to be seen if it how long it'll last. Uh, so, but when it comes to an individual, I the only thing I know how to do is I'm I'm an, I'm like you, and I'm an artist. Yeah. So I don't I'm not a sociologist. I'm not a, a political scientist what i do know what seems to work is if i if i get uh, emotionally very very true i write that stuff down i get it in front of a group of people and we perform it together the people listening tend to soften i don't know why it's this this beautiful you know 
sociological mm -hmm. magic. But that then is, it's my only response. And then in that softening, hopefully, those people also become a little more open-minded, maybe not even directly open-minded. Mm -hmm. And then when presented with evidence contrary to what they believe, they might just for a moment say, you know, actually, huh, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to work in a linear way. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. I wish it would, but it's the only thing I know how to do. Yeah, I mean, do you have any evidence to that? Has anybody come to you and said, "You know what? I, I, th I think I've been thinking about this wrong." Uh, I mean, anecdotal evidence, but yeah, sure. but um, yeah. I mean, there there are studies that show, for instance, playing music in yeah. ensembles, and it it, it just uh, teaches and increases one's level of empathy mm -hmm. uh, and compassion. So those things have to be good. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, I think any cultural event that expresses uh, unity and but unity through through difference, right? Mm -hmm. So we so somebody can look up and say, "Oh, they're not like me," but but it moved me deeply mm -hmm. and gave me this this spiritual insight. Okay, mm -hmm. you know, maybe just a little bit. It's just a a little bit of a building block toward this new way of thinking. Do you think it's? Uh, I mean, looking at the the climate that we're in, the political climate, I I see that we're just moving farther away from that i don't i don't know how to i mean we started this conversation with the the expat conversation you know and i were you saying expats because everybody's moving away I mean, part is of that... me feels like what what is what is my obligation to my country uh, versus my obligation to my family what is what is do i have an obligation to that is it is it better to to move away and and hopefully find a better quality of life or or do you stay and fight against people whose minds can't be changed do we have to wait until all those people just die off is it a generational thing what's the what do you do like what do you i feel like you came back to the u.s at like the most inopportune time although i mean brexit is happening so i guess you're stuck between a rock and a hard uh, yeah, place yeah yeah well the, the funny thing is and I've, I've experienced this now traveling so much mm -hmm. over the past 10 years or so mm -hmm. is that we're all in this together so there's nowhere the to run. Globe. Where are you going to go? New Zealand? Yes. Right. It just seems a long way away on the map, but yeah. New Zealand is as directly affected by our current administration as anybody else in the world. Sure. It's we're we're all in this together. Sure. Um. So so I don't think you can really run, or at least run for very long before mm -hmm. whatever it is 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 going to find you. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, but but even bigger than that, we've we've been blessed by by being born American. Yeah. Not that being American is better, but that we get to live, grow up and live in this, uh, this singular democratic experience mm -hmm. an experiment, right? This mm -hmm. has never happened in mm -hmm. the history of the world. And so I think as citizens, it's our obligation to make it work. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 So I, I sort of go with the same thing. I think, well, uh, how much advocacy should I be should I be doing? Yeah. So, for instance, I'll definitely go to marches mm -hmm. as a citizen. Yeah. But as a public figure, I'm not sure. You're not going to live Facebook it. Yeah, and, and I'm yeah. not sure that's my my duty. Mm -hmm. I know people would argue with me. People would say, "No, you absolutely should be doing this and letting people know how you feel." But I also feel in in our particular art form, music, that it's bigger than politics, mm -hmm. and somehow it sullies the sacredness of music. I don't mean the religiousness of music, but the sacredness of music by connecting it to a political movement. I mean, you could say that about John Lennon. Yeah, but John Lennon's a different personality, right? He, yeah. John Lennon seemed to thrive on on having a little bit of a uh, having some punches thrown. Yeah, that's definitely not me. That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Right. So, yeah. so then it comes kind of down to just just 
a personality type. Yeah, I think I definitely get more. Um, I, I mean, it's, it it varies. It's not. It's not. I don't have the same experience all the time on Facebook, and you know, sometimes I just wake up feeling like I want to fight with somebody, and the, and then then the Twitter is really useful that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, I know, but it's but it's. I also think it's kind of dangerous because I, I I think there is something you're putting out there. You're you you know you're setting something in motion. Maybe even yeah. in a very small way that uh, you know. But I'm not fighting with Noam Chomsky. I mean, I'm fighting with lunatics. Yeah. So that's so. Go back to your car analogy. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so, they're real people. Yeah, so somewhere Obviously. it's a real person, yes. but also it could be a person who is uh, like dangerous. Yeah, it could be dangerous, hmm. but but only in that that. But but you just don't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if by being aggressive with someone. Yeah, it, and it I need to. Yeah, we just, need to define our terms too, because I'm not. I'm not belligerent with people. I, I'm really I'm trying to be civil. No, I, I mean, mean I'm really belligerent with people face to face. But online, I take what you're saying to heart, and I really do try and be as civil and level-headed as possible. And I don't make anything. I don't personally insult people. No, I I, you know. I wouldn't think you would. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it. But what is interesting is how many people do that. Uh, yeah. That, that the the internet has become just kind of an exchange of of madness. Insults. Yeah. Yeah. The craziest things people are saying to each other. Yeah. And I think that kind of thing has actually very much contributed to our current political situation. Yeah, you know, it's my normalized. Last, I know exactly. Yeah. Oh boy, that's a whole nother conversation. You know, on my last episode, or the episode prior to the last one, I, I asked my past guests to phone in what they uh, know now that they didn't know. Oh yeah. Last yeah. year, which is a question that you ask me every year. Yeah. And a lot of people came back. I think at least two or three. John Talberg was a big one who said that he's just basically going to try and give up social media. And to live, yeah, I read that uh, in the moment. Uh, I, and now, being somebody who uses social social media so much, how do you how do you get get around that? Yeah, it was funny. I I wanted to talk to him about it because I found it striking that he had the impression that social media wasn't the moment. Uh-huh. That social media was this other life that yeah. didn't exist, yeah. but that his real life, I guess, with human beings in, like, for instance, is he also giving up phone calls? Right. Is he giving up letter writing? Right. Is he, you know, what, what? Maybe it's a voyeuristic element of just surfing Facebook, you know? I think maybe you use it in a more pointed way. I don't. That might be true. I don't think I've ever seen you just sit for an hour and look at Facebook. No, and it's, you know, that's Go down the rabbit hole, you know? I don't use, I don't really use my personal accounts. It's always engaging on the level of, uh, of music. Yeah. yeah, professional. It's a professional thing. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's a good point. So maybe that's what he's saying. Um, yeah, maybe that's it. But but even then, so is he going? Does he not watch TV anymore? What, what, my, the, the thing where do you draw the line? Yeah, where is real life and where is the moment? Mm-hmm. So for me, for instance, on Facebook, I never once feel like I'm not in the moment. It, it's as real as as sitting here with you. Yeah. So um, uh, the the weird balance that I find it took me a, a long time to get it, but I think I've got it now. Is that um, that there's a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? So the the scope it it can sometimes feel like oh I'm in I'm in the world's largest dinner party, yeah. And how how can you possibly uh, attend to everybody in the dinner party? Mm-hmm. And then there I found I was failing badly, sure. Um, because every single person who would write to me, you know, some lovely message or a note, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to respond. I wanted to I I didn't just yeah. want that to be 
no thanks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, mm-hmm. it was very heartfelt and I wanted to be heartfelt back. And I felt that there was a time when I was just overwhelmed by it. Yeah. When did you, what was that decision like? Uh, yeah, I found myself spiritually drained and then I, I, I ultimately just, uh, well, you knew me when go. I was going through this. It was yeah. just a couple summers ago yeah. when, uh, yeah, I was just run ragged, emotionally run ragged. Um, and then, then it kind of found its own path mm-hmm. where it was, uh, and then also weirdly, I don't think they used to institute it, but one of the social media platforms, either Twi- Twitter or Facebook, suddenly you could just like a comment instead of respond to a comment. Mm-hmm. You could just like it. Yeah. I don't think that that's been there from the beginning, or at least I hadn't used it from the beginning. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, a like is actually having a very similar effect. It yeah. is the affirmation. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, oh, I like it. Or like it, you know. That, I agree with you. That, that, or I like that. Or, that there was a yeah. connection, right? Mm-hmm. So then then it wasn't even just the amount of time. It was that I felt, oh, there's a there's a there's a better way to play the instrument that is social media mm-hmm. than there than the way I was doing it. Mm-hmm. A more efficient way of playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritually efficient. And you you uh Yeah, I mean how do you how do you deal with people that don't accept that, you know, that just keep that are just crazy? <laughs> Yeah, that that it took me a long time to get that too. I mean, yeah. I never I, I never see people as crazy. Uh, I mean, well, no, I understand. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, I'm always humbled by it, mm-hmm. but I think uh, I've heard teachers talk about this. Mm-hmm. The, the first couple of years you teach, you know, you you're so invested in the lives of your students that mm-hmm. you you don't sleep. You you think, eat, and breathe only about them, and then at some point you realize. That it's actually better for them if you're a rock mm-hmm. and then they they're passing through yeah and they mm-hmm. kind of got to work their thing out they got their own life right but you're not in their movie mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and and so now it feels more like that so so when when there's someone online who's very very active mm-hmm. or um I, th- then I, I see it as as more what it is now so it's like there's a way of of balancing that yeah instead of yeah, instead of engaging. Instead of engaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got it. I got it. <laughs> no, I understand. I know it's a, t- it's a touchy subject. <laughs> How does Hila deal with stuff like that? Not well at all. Do you let her know or no? You just no. We started years ago. She said, "I don't, I don't want to know." There yeah. it was, you know, there was um. It, sometimes people send photos and stuff. Yeah, and uh, and do you have do you have them here? <laughs> It's just, and, I don't know why. I'm just curious. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, dossier somewhere. Yeah, what do you think of this dossier, man? What's going to happen? What's going to happen at the end of the month? Is this going to, is Trump going to be our president? Is he going to be our president for like five minutes? Is he going to resign before it happens? Is he just going to barrel on through? And- this is going to sound like the most political answer, but it, but it's really only because I don't know uh, yeah. the particulars, but I do the, I do, I believe deeply in the, foundations of democracy as we have set them up and have practiced them the past 240 years but we have to agree to uphold the constitution that's what it all hinges on but we will we will you think so yep i think the machine is so strong it's gonna wobble and we're gonna we've test we're gonna test it like we never have before we're it's i love it i love your answer and I, I really believe that yeah. i feel like it's gonna get shaky and it's gonna rattle loose all kinds of nuts yeah. and bolts um also I'm, I'm more nihilistic so hearing this is giving us do, me do, do you think we're i'm really depressed about it yeah i feel like it's just a piece of paper now well it ain't gonna be pretty i i believe that whatever happens is is um it's gonna be paradigm shifting where we'll we'll yeah. come out of the other side of this however long in, into the future that is uh and we'll have a different perspective on yeah. the whole thing um but but I believe I believe in the fundamentals. I, I believe that we'll we'll weather it. 
uh, yeah, you know, one of the great byproducts for me is uh, uh, just learning about learning about the Constitution and learning about how our government functions and who's in charge and what needs to happen for for certain other things to happen. Uh, I've had to deal with my thoughts about truth versus fact. Uh, and so a lot of good has come out of it. I, I have a, a more um, informed knowledge base on how things work. Yeah. And I didn't before, you know, not as much as I do now. Yeah. Now, you, now you, like yeah. you said, you're very invested not only on a, as a citizen, but as a, as a, the head of your family. Right. Yeah, so you, you're engaged. That's right. Yeah. It's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, like this, so this, I, I've made phone calls every, every couple of days. Have you really? People. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I phoned Mitch McConnell the day before yesterday. How's he doing? Like, fucking rat. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I left a message very simply. Oh, my, name, my name is so-and-so. This is what I believe in. I don't want you to do this. I will not, you know, continue to, I will not vote for you if you do this. That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is it. So, so then what's beautiful about that is the, the final realization, and I do believe this, is that the uh, democracy is simply an idea that is, that, that's being, uh, held on the shoulders of the citizens right we're all part of it right so that's where social media is very useful in some ways uh, not not to directly engage with the government but to rally forces that, sure i yeah. mean it's yeah. really powerful when some leader of you know pantsuit nation says today we're going to call so-and-so and they suddenly get half a million calls yeah yeah it makes and it makes a difference makes a huge difference yeah or, or you write on you write a letter you yeah. put it in the mail but it's interesting with social media, and you were talking about you know fake news and real news and yeah. everything in between. Uh, we're also at this strange, strange time where because you, you see not only the way government works, but you also see uh, the advantages and disadvantages of these old pillars of media, mm -hmm. where it used to only be there were you know five, six, seven pillars that yeah, sort sure. of set the stage for everybody. Sure. And now with the democratization of social of social media well there's no curation happening now it's all just that's right everybody's got their own niche and yeah. their own bubble yeah. and all of that will also coalesce and codify and everybody's scrambling to to be in place to be the people right. too uh, well what's happened is the gop over the last uh, few decades has engendered a, a general mistrust in government and the functions of government so it's very easy to say that the cia is wrong when you've been telling people even though you're part of the government you've been telling them that you can't trust the government and they lie and it's all conspiratorial and so once you've yeah. done that you've eliminated reason and you've eliminated fact it's all it's all perception of fact which is truth and how it relates to you you know it's so interesting you say that so i was um i, I was thinking about this that that so often all of these things are it's a question of faith mm -hmm. i don't mean religious faith i mean mm -hmm. like faith the idea of of um belief in that which is unseen right mm -hmm. so uh, an institution like the cia for instance or an institution like science we also have to have faith like i i believe very deeply in the scientific principles and mm -hmm. scientists in general the scientific sure. community the scientific process yes yeah. but at the same time i mostly just do it out of faith because i'm not a scientist yeah there's no yeah. way i can understand the inner workings of, of the course. genetic uh, of the genome i i I can read about it. I can get a very surface idea. But... Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I mean, you got to trust the experts. Yeah, you got, well, yeah. And so, but you've got to put faith in these people. Institutions. In the institutions. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it, right? So what seems to have happened, it's fascinating, is that as with the decline, although maybe there hasn't been that much of a decline in the US, I was going to say with traditional religion, mm -hmm. um, it's certainly over in Europe, you know, there's been this mm -hmm. massive waning mm -hmm. of, of traditional religion. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
But I would imagine that as that wanes or as that uh, changes, mm -hmm. all of these institutions now are up for grabs. And so people are kind of deciding where are they going to put their faith? Yeah. Um, yeah. Breitbart? Yeah. You know, the Blaze? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and is it, do you believe in science? Do you, yeah. be, do you believe in, yeah, in science? Yeah. yeah do you believe in, in science? Yeah. So, so, yeah. and I think there are. Uh, that to me is just um, mind blowing. Preposterous. Yeah. Well, what's, what's interesting then, then we're all over the place, but then it goes back to education. Yeah. Because for me, the, the beauty of science is that you can actually do it. That's right. You can, right? So you can. You can over and over and over. Yeah. And get, you can get a six year old kid and say, yeah. look, you do this and you do this, do you see? And this is happening because of that. And do you right. know why it's happening because of that? Move that thing away and see if it still happens. It doesn't. Right. You see it, right? Then you can extrapolate these, these large, large uh, uh, ideas, things that are beyond our uh, our daily comprehension. Yeah. Uh, but somehow, our system has has set it up so that we're losing faith in those institutions. Right. That's a, that's a strange thing. Well, religion is really appealing, especially when you're struggling, and I think a lot of people have been struggling for a long time. In this country and i think a lot of those people who grew up in religious households just cling to it more fervently and uh you know the system that is that they blame for their hardship suddenly is easily rebuked if you believe vigorously enough in certain people in the sky i guess yeah it's interesting i like i i used to i used to have a harder opinion of religion kind of the way you're describing yeah. now and I'm much softer on it. Now. Yeah, why, why? Why is that? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just from being around many many religious people. Yeah. Uh, and and seeing that um, that a lot of times it it it's it's very cloudy. Like mm -hmm. I, I, okay, so maybe I don't agree with specific dogma. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's separate the difference between religion and religious people. Because there, I, one of my best friends is a Mormon. Now, in principle, I think Mormonism is absolutely crazy. But individually, he is a, a one of the finest people I've ever known. He's very calm and measured about the way he believes. He explains it in a way that I understand. It doesn't seem to get in the way of how I live. And we find a lot of common ground that way. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't take offense to to people believing what they believe in. I take offense to like this, uh, what is this Freedom of Religion Act or something where we all have to basically listen to right-wing Christians and yeah, live that way. Well, well, that's when it gets frustrating yeah. is, is when... when uh, they confuse not going to jail for what they believe in with forcing us all to believe what they believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although I, I actually think there are very few people like that. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, most people are very similar. They want to, you know, they they, they want to work hard and make a living and take care of their family and raise their children and you know have mm -hmm. clean air and good food. And I, I think mm -hmm. I think people are generally the same. And so I, I think that hardcore element sometimes gets we we paint with a a wide brush, right? Right. The, right. The, it's it's more even the dogma itself. Even if I don't agree with it. Um, some of it I have great sympathy for because I think sometimes there's wisdom in the dog. Sure. Do you know? Sure. Uh, wisdom about how to live one's life. Well, red letter Christians are a great example. I mean, the word of Christ is beautiful. And Jesus had said a lot of great things about how to treat one another. I have no problem with the correct interpretation or an interpretation that doesn't infringe on other people's lives, not only their beliefs, but like what, what does it matter if your neighbor... Uh, are, 
if your neighbors are two women who are married, what, how does that infringe on your, on your rights? Uh, that, that it's that type of thing. Yeah, right? that that's it. And I, I think unfortunately there is this this sometimes this attitude amongst atheists mm-hmm. or educated people. I like how you use us anonymously. Thank you. Yeah, well, there's a certain kind of you know approach yeah. to religion that has to do with that. That it's well, it's because they're uneducated or because um, I, I think some of it is unfair. I don't think it's uneducated. That, yeah, this is what I was going to say. Right. I think it's unfair as well. And and then I think, but the problem is the attitude then is that the they sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that actually the, the the religion is you're missing the more poetic point, which mm-hmm. is that people seem to be uh, not all people, but lots of people. I think you could make an argument that most people want and need to believe. Yes. It's part of the human condition. Yeah. And I think an atheist might argue, yeah, but it's 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 a vesti- vestigal limb, right? It's it's something that needs to drop off. It's this old but I, I I'm think not you're sure describing that's anti theists. I don't know if you're describing atheists. I think atheists, at least for me, I can speak for myself, I have no problem with people believing what they want to believe. It's when they um it's when they superimpose those beliefs on a social system that everybody has to follow. Yeah, and that, that is undemocratic by that, definition. Well, yeah, well, that's when it gets very complicated. Yes. That's, I couldn't agree more. And, and actually, when it starts to affect policy, yes. th- then we're in the weeds because then it's hard to agree on on sometimes climate change is the perfect example, right? Yeah. You know, you've got, uh, you've got politicians who, because of their religious leanings, mm-hmm simply dismiss climate change evidence. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson who said the problem or the, the glory of science or of fact, yeah. right, is it's going to be true to, whether you, you want it to be or not. And so, you don't need so, to believe it. Yeah, yeah, so you can think whatever you want. You can be in Florida or North Carolina and ban the words climate change from all government meetings. You can if you like. Mm-hmm. The water is still going to rise. Yeah, so and you can ascribe the water rising to some supernatural force, but it's happening. Yeah. Like, like it's not, this isn't being invented. There's a guy out there with a ruler and yeah. every year it's like, oh, look, the water's coming up. Yeah, so, the, the argument comes, uh, of course, with like, is it human driven? Yeah, which is, to me, it's a little exasperating because, yeah. right, you look at the evidence of and, course. and it's like, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, there's overwhelming evidence yeah. that there is. Um, Let's assume that it isn't. Why wouldn't you want to clean the goddamn planet up anyway? Let's just let's just pretend that we're not to blame. Yeah. Why should we have enough plastic to fill up, you know, uh, the state of Texas floating around the ocean? Why is that acceptable? I suppose the argument would be that, uh, well, what you're asking would be at the expense of a free market society. That well, that's doomed. We all know that. Yeah. Then, well, then, but again, now you're free in the market, weeds, right? Free market yeah. society depends on population growth, and by the time yeah, endless growth. And by yeah. the time my son is my age, there'll be 14 billion people on the planet. It is something's got to give. It's like saying oil is the future. Oil is not the future. Yeah. It may be tomorrow's future, but it's not the future because there's only so much of it. Yes. Not only is there so much of it, but there are more people every day needing it but the trick is then you're in in an argument with somebody who believes fervently in the idea of a free market society so it's again about faith so weirdly i think i think people there's a certain strata of society who just believes in science fervently 
I don't believe that all scientists are correct. I mean, it's the whole scientific process, right? Is that you right. get it wrong, you get, and there are yeah. some corrupt scientists. Sure. And but the scientific community Checks discovers that, that and mm -hmm. figures it out. It can Yeah. It's yeah. so I believe in the in the process of science. Mm -hmm. So it seems to us, I think, that well, this is the truth. This yeah. is and this works. And this why why wouldn't anybody else believe this? Yeah. But I imagine that a a religious person says exactly the same I thing. I know that's what's driving me crazy. I see these really i mean truly right 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 wing people describing obama as if he were trump like i it's like everything's upside down and inside out i, I can't seem to yeah make sense of it yeah so, so this is interesting to come yeah. full circle yeah then then what i find happens and i don't know if you've discovered this too when you're singing uh is, is when i'm making music the people on stage and the people in the audience all of that melts away. You share a moment. Yeah. Yeah. All That's authentic. The, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, human, and human, deeply mm -hmm. human and mm -hmm. foundationally human. Mm -hmm. Kind of and different decent. than those things. Yeah. Decent. There's That's nothing right. nothing indecent. And you can it. feel in, in yeah. all of that that, okay, as it turns out, all of that is just, uh, it's distant. Periphery. Yeah. It's periphery. Mm -hmm. That's it. And now we're here together. Mm -hmm. In my dream would be then, okay, so after we've reset all of that, let's let's approach all of this and, and look... Um, <laughs> and look at things in a more skeptical scientific way yeah 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 which is but the yeah i, I could go on and on about let's it let's go back to religion um you know i'm an atheist and i i always assume that you're an atheist but i hear other little little things like you some measure of spirituality or something greater than us what do you think what do you really think yeah it's i know it, you think about it a lot because we talk about it a lot yeah that's, yeah that's true so when i was over in england i would get asked by the press it was always a question i think partly because my music sounds churchy sometimes uh -huh. you know yeah. um and the only the only thing i could say was i think i'm an agnostic hmm. which really got i i got punched a couple of times in the press because of that because the, it's so non-committal exactly what because mean? it's non-committal so see. it's like what are you do you believe do you not believe and yeah. it, it's all politicians answer yeah so for me the idea of agnosticism is in that i i can't ever say i'm an atheist because there's no evidence for it mm -hmm. there's no scientific evidence for atheism mm -hmm. you there doesn't seem to be evidence of the kind of God that other people talk about, mm -hmm. but God knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we haven't yet uh, maybe found the right experiment. I'm not saying that a God yeah, yeah. exists. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't personally don't believe the, the way God, you know, no, it's, it's even worse than this. This is like a three martini conversation. Yeah. So I believe when, when I think dogmatically, so mm -hmm. when when uh, a religious says this is God, this is what He said, this is how one should live, that I generally don't ascribe to. Mm -hmm. That that doesn't resonate with me at all. Mm -hmm. But I think because I deal so much in poetry and in music, if if just for a moment we say, okay, let's let's take the Book of Genesis, that that's actually poetry about the human condition. Then I start to see, well, you know what? There are some huge questions being asked here about our place in the universe and what is our universe and how did it start? How did it end? As long as you don't take it literally. Yeah. But what's interesting is then in the moment it becomes, say, a poetic exploration, mm -hmm. then it's all about who we are as people, mm -hmm. which that's the that's the interesting part for me. Mm -hmm. So so then if somebody were to say to me, can you imagine God being everything in the universe the structure let's say and maybe this structure has consciousness he is the unifying theory yeah it is mm -hmm. the unifying mm -hmm. theory or whatever this is mm -hmm. that that as it turns out uh for instance as it turns out let's say um 
space and energy and matter and all of these things add up to a thing mm -hmm. that is right now beyond our understanding and maybe having a direct effect in decisions that we make now, which I know sounds insane, hmm. uh, that, that then there's at least a part of me that says, okay, it's possible. I will keep an open mind. I have, I see no evidence of that yet, but, um, I'll keep an open mind. Mm -hmm. So, um, so when it comes to religion, I'm not yet ready to say, nope, or God, nope, because even just defining the term God mm -hmm. gets really really Tricky. serpentine yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. usually what people mean i think when they say they're atheist is they they say they're not christian at least mm -hmm. in western society that mm -hmm. seems to be what they're saying mm -hmm. and now i would imagine some people would lump into that and they're definitely not muslim yeah right right no, I, I mean i i think personally i i see it uh as not having the belief in a great architect yeah so again then then becomes about a question of architecture. I'm, I always think, I'm always amazed at the, the limited way some Christians talk about uh, intelligent design, mm -hmm. for instance, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the thing is designed and architected as if it were built the way we build buildings. Right. Well, that, I would imagine intelligent designers, they would design with what's more beautiful and elegant than evolution. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so you can imagine if somebody just set in motion somebody or something or some force set mm -hmm. in motion this system. this thing mm -hmm. this system how extraordinary is that right mm -hmm. so then if you take for a moment and think okay and since instead of this being mm -hmm. and this moment let's say the system itself is designed or is um, it's inevitable mm -hmm. that something like life would rise within the the system that we live in mm -hmm. can we call that God right. And if that's the case, then okay, okay, well, okay. That's, that's interesting. That. Yeah. And then, then if a way to live your life is based on, let's say, godliness, and let's say godliness, then for me, as I think about that, has to do with balance, synergy, structure, mm -hmm. synergy, energy, mm -hmm. matter, curiosity, fascination, skepticism, mm -hmm. codependence. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then I start to feel very religious. Mm. I think, yeah, okay. And so oftentimes, like when I was over at Cambridge, I would sit, we'd be singing Evensong and the words that I'm singing, I don't believe, right? right? right. I, I don't, uh, but the, the intention felt true. Hmm. The, the intention to quiet my mind and be open to a structure way, way bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. That felt true. And when I meditate, I feel the same way. I feel that there, that um, that there's no question that in my daily life, I'm not seeing the whole picture. Yeah. Did you come to that on your own? I mean, I I, I don't know if I've ever asked you. Are you folks religious? My mom is Mormon or was raised Mormon. She's not really Mormon now, but so she was raised Mormon. Yeah. Northern Nevada. I mean, would you consider yourself growing up in a Mormon household? No, we we went a couple times to my best friend growing up. Yeah. Was was Mormon. Yeah. And so I went to church functions all the time yeah uh but my mom to her credit took me to a bunch of different kinds of churches she said just to give me a taste of what they were like mm. so my only impression of church was going in and you know sitting in the back. It out. yeah and sitting and and asking the same question i think every six-year-old does which is wait i don't understand so were there dinosaurs with adam and eve right i, <laughs> I don't understand yeah, how that. did noah get the kangaroos on the boat yeah yeah <laughs> yeah these these beautiful children see it children yeah. see it very clearly yeah sure if god is perfect how did satan 
Why was Satan unperfect yeah. if God made him? I don't understand. Yeah. And then you got people like Thomas Aquinas trying to answer that same question, oh, right? Oh, like, he, he really painted himself into a corner <laughs> there, too. <laughs> Barely got out. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so I, I wasn't raised religious, but more I, I think I was raised um, uh, because we lived in northern Nevada, and I spent a lot of time outside. Yeah. Uh, I, I think as a, I don't even know what you'd call it, a, a naturalist mm -hmm. or is a naturalist and nudist i don't know who's mm. uh, I, I i mean we're not wearing pants just so our audience knows i mean so I maybe... what, when i think of my religious leaders i think of yeah. uh emerson and sure. and uh and walt whitman and sure. right so I, I think of i think of the earth and the land and and the air and the sky yeah, and water naturalist, yeah. and I, yeah and i think I, it's it's one of my favorite things to write about yeah it's which to me is probably as close to religious music as I can write is when I write like deep field sure. and writing about the, the impossible magnitude of space. Yeah. That to me is, it's my version of a religious piece. What about your dad? Is he religious? Um, I've never talked to him about it. No, not really. He's not. No. Is he anti-religious? No, I think, he, I think he's got a pretty open mind. My, his mother, my grandmother was yeah. a librarian uh -huh. and was, uh, was a woman way, way ahead of her time. Mm -hmm. And so she, uh, she would have at least made sure, for instance, growing up, she would give me books about, um, I was obsessed with Greek mythology. Yeah. And yeah, I was too. Were yeah. you really? Yeah. 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 Same. Right. So, sure. and, and native American mythology and, and she would, uh, so, so uh, it was all religion was always, uh, presented to me as, as a, a human construct. Yeah. yeah as a story. Mm -hmm. Right. There, there are lots of kinds Parables, of stories. Yeah. And, and amazingly people keep telling the same story over and right. over, right. With right. slight variations on it. Right. Them. Just put a robe and a beard on it and it's something else. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What else? What else is happening? What else is going on? I mean, politics, religion. Yeah. All we got left is death. We're both 47 now. Yeah. You know, I think I've been thinking about death for years. I actually have an unhealthy fixation with it. And I, yeah, it's a, it's a real problem. It's becoming a, a real problem. Is he really? Like, like what? What's like the? I lose, I, I lose sleep. I wake up. The last uh, last night, I had a good night's sleep. Thank God. But okay, but what's what's the what's the fear? Is it that? Is it the, the fear pain is of that dying? I'm going to I'm going to abandon my son like my father abandoned me, just oh in a God. different way. Okay, well that's that sounds less like death and more like that. You know that he he made a <clears throat> choice to to leave the family, and maybe maybe I'll leave the family just against my will but the outcome will be the same you know what you should do you should have him on this podcast well it's funny because we're uh you know i've mentioned before on the show that i'm developing this other show and one of the one of the episodes it's called telephone stories and it's the idea like i said before we started was that you get a story and then you pass it along and then by the time it gets back to you it's different yeah. so we we have this the story in in my family uh was that my grandfather my father's father my paternal is that a paternal grandfather is that what that's called sure thank you um <laughs> don't you spit up on my mic um uh he was a big game hunter and this sparked a conversation with my partner about the about killing animals and big game hunting and he's he has different opinions from me and he presents them in a way that i find really interesting and i, I value anyway he was on his way to shoot big game in south africa and he died on the airplane and they sent back a box of ashes. They cremated him in South Africa. Wow. And at the time, his wife 
was dying of um, um, Alzheimer's. She was in the last stages of Alzheimer's and she had been sick for a decade. And the theory is, uh, it's not a theory, it's my theory, that he like wanted to escape his situation and faked his death. Oh, so it's not actually him that, that's in that the box. Idea. He's okay. in South Africa So there's right this now. story, right? And this story is something that my partner and I have agreed on, ch on chasing down. And it involves me obviously talking to my father and his brother and his sister and, and my cousins on the side of the family, outside of my cousins, who I'm basically estranged from. And it's been a, it's, I've tried. And to his credit, my dad has tried to reach out. And it, Holy it, moly. it just hasn't really... As you know, it has. It's still a real enigma. Um, you may uncover may... a real hornet's nest. Yeah. So that's. I mean, your especially answer. in families. My God, there's so many secrets. That's the thing. Yeah. And, yeah. I that that sounds less to me like a fixation with death, and and. Uh, well, it's the, the parallel. I mean, it's the parallel of I don't want my son to have the same experience that I had, because he's he's now four, and that's the age that my parents divorced. And so I, if I can survive this year, I will have beat the system. Oh, really? You see it that clearly? Like, it that like, clearly. And then you, you will have, yeah. yeah. So that... I'm still married and I'm still alive and we're still a family. Like if I can get my son to five. <sighs> no think, pressure. Yeah, I think I'd, I've been smoking a lot more marijuana than I normally <laughs> would. Does it help? Does it help? <laughs> uh, you know, for a couple hours, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, create some memory loss or something. I've got to figure out a way to, to deal with it. Because I wake up really, uh, I, uh, yeah, I've been up at three o'clock in the morning for five days. Really? Except, except for last night. Yeah. And and just. That's it, it. I'm up. But not only focused on that, just kind of blind anxiety. and Yeah, and... I know. I, I'm pretty sure it's related to that. You know, I mean, there are, there are other very banal things, you know. I want to make more money and I need to replace my windows and you know, shit like that. Just that we all think about. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's this one, this one thing that just adds the cherry on top for me. And so maybe this new show that I'm working on will, will create some reason. Well, to... it, it sides the other way around. It sounds like you're creating this new show so that you can, you can start digging in the dirt. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, I do that every time I write a piece. I think afterwards, it's like, oh, I had this inspiration. And just this thing felt right. And this yeah. is the thing I had to explore right now. And then I look back a year later. It's like, oh. Oh, that's I, what that was. Yeah, I was really trying to sort something out. Like what? Give, give me an example. It's happening to me right now. So okay, it's funny you mentioned death. So Tony Silvestri, you know, the yeah. poet that we worked with, uh, he presented this poem to me. It wasn't even anything. In fact, he had given it to another composer who was going to set it. And it was just a poem about his wife who had passed mm -hmm. from cancer 11 years ago, Julie. Mm -hmm. Did you know Julie? Uh, no, I didn't know Julie. Yeah, so we were really close with her. Mm -hmm. And um, so Tony wrote this beautiful, heartbreaking little poem about this veil mm -hmm. that, that uh, the idea that well, you saw it, right? Yeah. But the, this idea that, that we are separated by this very thin veil, the people who have passed and us were just right next to each other, mm -hmm. which can't perceive each other beautiful and it just grabbed me by the lapels i mean yeah. like it was like this has to be a thing i said and not only did i set that but now i'm writing this large-scale work a 70-minute piece about that very thing mm -hmm. now only now i'm able am i able to look back and go oh actually this is why i'm so passionate about yeah this. it resonated with me because it's 
it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like I'm starting to come face to face with my mortality. Sure. I can look in the mirror and and go, oh, oh, some, that's weird. This is not an abstraction, <laughs> right? I'm actually getting older. Yeah. This is actually it. And and I meet someone who's sixty, and yeah. well, that's only thirteen years, right? Yeah. And sixty, then you see physically and also you see kind of emotionally you see choices they made and where it got them mm -hmm. 60 not in career choices just mm -hmm. life choices oh the family's home nice. speaking of uh and um and and so so i and i think i'm obsessed with the with the piece because of that yeah let's take a break that's all right we'll be okay yeah well we can talk about it too totally fine ask him if you don't want him to come to dinner willingly so if you are willing to go to a place that has that, that would be great. Well, I'm, yeah, we haven't eaten it this week yet, so <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> okay. Why would you? Why? Uh, before we take a break, you said we, maybe we should do another interview. What do you think? Oh no, no. So it's it's great. It's yeah, just it's, it's just the, a chat. No, it, like I, you know, I'm always hyper aware. Like, are people interested in? Yeah, I don't know. With politics, probably and not religion, and yeah, I am. Okay, well then that's it then. You know, Great. No, no, so I can't in. take a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's it's a thing that I need to get over because it's like I'm always like like when I'm programming for yeah. a concert, when I'm trying to find the right set of pieces. Yeah. I'm, and frankly, even when I'm composing, I'm always hyper aware of people losing attention. Like, like oh like god, what they're gonna think? In a way, yeah, no, but less less about them being uh, judgmental. Yeah, or or but more about them be, losing focus. Okay, like, like there's a. You know, as you're, there's certain kinds of music that forces you to lose focus, mm -hmm. like say Philip Glass, mm -hmm. right? Where mm -hmm. it starts and you hear it three, four, or five times, and at some point you just surrender. You're like, okay, right. I guess it's just gonna keep doing this. Right. And then you find yourself in this state of bliss because of it. Mm -hmm. It kind of takes you to this other place. Mm -hmm. I have such a hard time with that. I want the audience to be like, is it too risky? No, it's it's not risky. It's that that I'm just worried that it's it's gonna be boring, and yeah. it's like like. Oh, like like you just attention floats away, and it's like that's not what what I want. It's like just engage, like right here, right? You know, like every moment is electric, and and so even like something like this, like our podcast, it's yeah. like, well, it's dumb, but it's somewhere in the back of my mind is well, I want people to to be like riveted, yeah. by the, by I do, no, I do too, yeah, I do too for sure, uh, but that I mean that goes to the heart of my feelings of perfectionism which this podcast has been a giant exercise for me in getting rid of that feeling you know like what i just said that wasn't very eloquent i'm, I'm not going to edit it yeah it's just it's okay i i like talking to you yeah no but what's beautiful and about so, the, the podcast is that you've got this deadline you've got, every week you have to release something so yeah. it doesn't matter it's like okay well i did my best but Boom, put it up. Here comes another one. Right. I, it's so good. It seems like the best practice. Well, we were talking about um, uh, Mark Maron's interview with Bruce Springsteen, and that was incredible. incredible. Right? They talked about yeah. his childhood, talk about the difficulties in the house and how he dealt with that and how that manifested in his adult life and yeah. getting over that. I don't know if you can – I mean, if you could force people into that uh, realm every time, you, you'd be the miracle worker. Oh, you Mark mean as, as an yeah, interviewer? As a, as a, like I would, yeah. Mark Maron should do that every time. Like that's what he should do every time. Yeah. And sometimes you get it, and sometimes you yeah, don't. that's right. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, and I guess you never know. It's not like something you can do to, with your the people you're interviewing. You no, can't just turn and, it on. And maybe it has something to do with me. Like today, I, I was, you know, I was 
having trouble on Twitter. And so, you know, it just that's where it starts. That's where it's it beautiful. Different. I think, I you think know? it's beautiful. I, I mean, yeah. I'd like to talk more about my dad and, and how your dad screwed you up too. That would be great. Let's do that. <laughs> well, no, it's interesting too, because like, like they're uh, normally, and it, what, what I'm smiling about is because we're such close friends that I, for years, like tried to get you, like even on the podcast, it's like, be real, yeah. get, get the put the juice on the microphone yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. get it, start digging sometimes in the dirt reality's boring man sometimes yeah, yeah no exactly but but then i think like about my own life it's like hey, i don't know if i'm gonna if i'm really gonna expose that do you know what i mean because yeah like even with my parents they're alive they're people yeah does your mom listen to this she listens to all of them holy god and so every week i get a call i didn't know that when you were a kid that you masturbated on the <laughs> teacher behind the gym <laughs> You know, and, and what is, yeah, you know, I, I remember it's always something. She always calls and she's like, Oh, I didn't know that. Why didn't you tell me that back then? I didn't know you were so upset. Or I'm like, well, I don't know. That's amazing. Oh, man, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe with my parents, I, I don't know if they would, um, I don't know if we have that kind of relationship. I, I think I'm worried that I would really hurt them. Like, I look at Mark like, Marin. Mark Marin talks about it's crazy about his what dad he says and about how it. he's bipolar and crazy. The, the, yeah. But, you know, that's also that that's where you get. That's where you blur, blur the line. Or maybe you make very clear the difference between fact and truth. Like my truth is that I went down to my dad's uh, house, uh, you know, 15 years ago and laid it all out and said, I forgive you and I want to get to know you and I, I want to love you and I want you to love me. And, and then nothing came of it. And it's all and it's his fault. That's my truth. When the when maybe the fact is that he is doesn't a doesn't know how to deal with it he had a terrible childhood himself he's a terribly injured person i need to look at him as a human being and not my savior and he doesn't i'm 47 years old i don't really need him to be my daddy anymore and maybe that's unreasonable of me you know so there's a there's the truth is in there somewhere yeah so then the question is and this is a really interesting question for the age we live in is yeah. that a public battle or is that a private battle well i think but the the nature of my deciding to produce this podcast well, that's what I'm makes saying. it a public battle. You're making it a public I'm battle. I'm making it yeah. a public battle because I have been unsuccessful in the private side of it. So maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe talking so about let's it. Try it in you know, maybe somebody's gonna write me an email that's got all the questions all the answers to my questions. Yeah, maybe that's it. You maybe know that's the key. Um yeah, but it's 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 amazing. like I just worry about my parents like actually hearing and really you know, yeah they now, one thing I do know is that I cannot say anything that at least a few thousand people have yeah. been, you know, I mean, you, I think there's a real problem with thinking that your problems are so specific and so precious when really, like if I talk about my dad uh, kicking us out of the yeah. house when I was four and my parent and my mom and I driving to Redlands from Ensenada in a Datsun B210 with bald tires, I guarantee there's like at least one other person that no, that's no. happened to. Of course. It's <laughs> like, like I, I don't think that my problems are so unique or special. It's, it's that I think, I don't know why they would, although my mom might be. Um, uh, I was working with the choir today. I haven't told you this yet, but one of the kids that came up to me afterwards and he's like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with Omar Crook with your podcast. He uh -huh. listens to it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it was because I was talking about you and the piece that I'd written for you and Amy. Yeah. Anyway, it reminded me again. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Omar's got a fan base. They're out there. So, yeah. so like, I was thinking for me, if I say something about my parents, then it's possible that my mom would hear it. Of course she'll hear it. But this is the thing. Why is that? Because then 
I might say something that could just devastate her. But if it's true, if it's even true, if it's true to you, even if it's true, that wouldn't open up a dialogue between the two of you to maybe come to some better understanding. And in the movie version, it would transform your relationship. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, in the Matthew McConaughey Jennifer Aniston movie, that's exactly what would happen. But life isn't like a movie, and you know, our family is, uh, you know. Stoic and waspy, and like God knows what kind of can of worms I could open. Is that is that is that worth denying the way you feel about things, and maybe having the opportunity to resolve some things that will actually end up bringing you closer? Okay, but but that's a different question than yes, all of that is good. What you're saying, but does that need to happen in front of thousands of people? You know, could that happen with a site? Nobody listens to this. <laughs> Let's just talk, man. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I mean, I feel like, uh, but you know, that's the paradigm that I come from. I mean, my my, I mean, I remember uh, sitting at the dinner table. Uh, I don't even know if I can say this because it's such a terrible word, but I, I must have been ten. We were all sitting at the dinner table. There may have even been company over, and I said, "Mom, what's a cunt?" <laughs> 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 and she very calmly said it's a derogatory name for a woman's vagina. She did. Yeah. Wow. And I said, oh, okay, can I have some more spaghetti? <laughs> you know. Uh, so we come from a, a long line of, uh, of folks that way. You know, I just saw Captain Fantastic, and uh, not in such a not in a literal way, but there were some things of that about that movie that reminded me of my childhood, where people are just very frank and matter of fact. And then you just move on. It's not even that you just move on. You don't, you have nothing to move on from. It's just yeah, co- yeah. in the course of, of conversation. Of course. Yeah. No, so so, that's so maybe the... that's not where you come maybe that's not. Well, here's the thing though. So yeah. so for the, you know, for of the of the 10,000 people listening, 9,998 of them, they can take it however they want. Yeah. It's my mom and my dad, the yeah. actual people that I that could hear it and then just think yeah, like for instance, with my mom, it would devastate her to know that I, something she had done had had somehow been hurtful to me. Devastate. Uh, yeah, I mean, we share that. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, uh, destructively devastating. Yeah. So okay. So I I do temper uh, that. I, of right, course, I do. Right. The so same so thing. I would be very careful. Yes. And yeah. and now my dad is he's been struggling with all kinds of health issues. Yeah. Same thing. So if I were to say, yeah, you know, this I can trace this very clearly back. And then also, I don't know if you feel this, but you know, the moment say I think about something about my dad and the way I I grew up, <clears throat> I'm suddenly flooded with waves of regret about my own abilities as a father, because. I have this image of who I want to be as a father. Yeah. I try my damn best, but I know sometimes I fail. Oh, me and too. I think, you know, so say this, this moment when I just lose my temper, mm-hmm. all right? Really lose my temper and shout and say, you know, rah, 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 this right. thing. Is that what 20 years from now is my son on a podcast and that's what he remembers? Right. What does he remember from, from his child? He remembers, oh, yeah, my dad, he was, he was volatile and Dude, scary. I think about this all the time. And Right? So, yeah. so, so. When I think about talking about my dad, I feel like, well, what right do I even have to be making a narrative about what that relationship was? Because first, I'm sure I'm cherry picking, mm-hmm. right, to kind of construct my own little narrative. Mm-hmm. And then second, don't throw stones in glass mean, have houses. You, have you ever thought about going to your – and I'm asking this of myself too. Like, Have you ever thought about going to your dad and saying, 
this thing that happened a really bothers me and b probably because i can't make sense of it and i need your i need your opinion on what happened <laughs> you know that's what this new show is all about for me this telephone well, it's show. a good it's I, that's I, the premise it's a good way to even uh frame it what's your version of the story well, so what's interesting is like I've had that conversation with my mom yeah. about certain things and my mom will say, no, it didn't happen at all like that. And I know it creates dissonance. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's then I want to say to my mom, well, which I have, I've said, mom, that's it absolutely happened like this. Yeah. And then my mom breaks into tears and says, I guess I was a terrible mother, oh, you know? And so she, know, it, and, and <laughs> that, that always reminds me of the part, you know, like, like your mom knows which buttons to push because she's the one who installed them. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right. so it's uh, with my mom, like she's, she's a ninja. So there's, I can only get two or three moves deep and then it's it's before. Yeah. She's, yeah. it's like, wait, you can't bring the queen out yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, uh, yeah, so with my my father, my my father's just he's just had such a rough six or seven years that yeah sure that uh, that then I'd worry that he um the two that it would just destroy him just emotionally destroy him yeah it's funny as I talk about it all this feels like therapy now but as I talk about it loud I realize that it's um I'm I'm fragile that way emotionally uh that probably because of the way I was raised this idea that even just uh. Like that, with criticism or what? Just in general. So just the idea that 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 the world is emotionally very fragile. Yeah. And so you have to be very careful. Right? Like, like we were talking before about, say, you know, John Lennon. Yeah. Who kind of had in his nature to, to throw some punches. Right. I go so far as when I'm crafting posts, posts on Facebook or Twitter, I'll do everything in my power to make sure that I'm not accidentally hurting someone's feelings. Get just some random person out yeah. there. Yeah. I'll just, just want to make sure, okay, just that, that doesn't, yeah. that, you know. How is that compatible with marrying an Israeli? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Of, I mean, what's that about? There's a lot of dissonance. You, you made a choice to, yeah, it's, it's hard to challenge yourself daily. That it, way it's hard to be married. Not only to be, because the, the other part, I wish somebody would have given me this advice. Not that it would have changed who I married, but that you don't marry the person, you marry the family. Yeah. So you're not just marrying your wife, you're marrying a whole culture well you're also and, marrying a, a um a catalyst for yourself there is something that she gives you some sort of challenge yeah. that you've got to overcome yeah. and that it, is directly related to what we're talking about and in the harder times of the marriage that's exactly what i think is yeah. i think there was a part of me that had i'm, I'm hoping she thinks that too when, you know <laughs> when she's like when she's losing faith she's like i'm out of here um that she thinks, okay, there's a reason I'm with him. Right. Because back then, somehow I knew that there's a lesson to be learned. So I, tr I try to tell myself that. But still, this is after 20, oh my God, our, our 19th anniversary, wedding anniversary is next week. Mm -hmm. We still, almost on a daily basis, have these massive misunderstandings. Right. Because well, you've seen it. Right. Because it's, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's a West Wing quote, you know, you know, who have a very uh, unique conversational style. Yeah. Because it, it always feels like, like, I'm in a boxing match. And well, I think Hila and I are very similar in some ways, and particularly in that we don't obscure the way we feel, and the way we feel can change pretty quickly. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. But you, it, different than Hila, you, uh, you're a statesman. You're, you, you generally- I try to be diplomatic, yeah. Yeah, sure. no, in a very, very gentle way. Like you understand- The dynamics. Yeah, the dynamics mm -hmm. and, and emotional dynamics. And, and, Sometimes when I'm 
talking like I remember the first time that I went to Israel and I was visiting Hila's family yeah. and her friends. I finally realized that in Israel you are defined by your opinion. That's what defines you. So the, an, an exchange with someone. This actually happened with my father-in-law. He said to me, uh, you, "You must try this bakery down the street." Okay, so I was there two days in Jerusalem. I went down to the bakery, you know, had a donut, came back, and he said, "Eric, how was the donut?" And I said, "It was amazing." He yeah. said, "No." <laughs> okay, so so at the time, you know, with my my West Coast. Buddhist waspy upbringing. It's like, what? what does that we, mean? We, yeah. Okay, so I, I did. I didn't realize that really, he has an opinion. I have an opinion. Now let's fight, and that's how we talk. That's how we get together. We'll, we'll it's, it's good. You know, that's how we're they friends. intertwine opinion with the person. Yeah, and so, but what? So yeah. But then what will happen is you you've got to then pick a side. And for me, where most of the world is so liquid mm-hmm. and not black and white at yeah, all, nuanced. Uh, yeah, that's how I'd like to think about it, but also yeah. sometimes just plain old indecisive. Right. Like I can't, I don't know what what way it is. Right. That kind of thing doesn't do well with a more black and white kind of way of talking. And so um, what I find I do then is I start to rise up into this black and white world yeah. where I find myself becoming hyper opinionated yeah. when actually I really don't care one way or the other about something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'm wide open to it. I want to know all sides to it. But then I find myself picking sides just so that I can... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm in the ring in a way. Yeah, it's, it's funny because the older I've gotten, the more uh, decisive I've become about my opinions and my beliefs. Really? Yeah, and I think that kind of falls into the paradigm of just being a grouchy old man. <laughs> I see, I see that myself a lot. But I think this election has really forced me to draw lines about what I believe in and what I do not believe in, and how that relates to right and wrong and true and false. And so I, I've become, maybe it's a defense mechanism, maybe it's a way of making sense of the world or having some measure of control about what I think things should be. But I feel like Archie Bunker sometimes. God, it's weird. I feel like I'm going the exact opposite. Yeah. I feel, you know, th- that question, the, the one about what do you know this year that you didn't know yeah. uh, last year. Uh, to me now, what I know now with some certainty is that I don't know anything. That's how I feel. I feel... How is that not unnerving and just absolutely terrifying? Well, weirdly, I that's where I live. Yeah. I, I'm most comfortable in wide open spaces where I don't know and it's moment to moment to moment to moment. So I actually get, I think, more anxious when things are stable and concrete. <laughs> that's That's not my default setting. I think it's why I've chosen the life I have, which right. is the kind yeah. of life where tomorrow morning email could change my yeah. life. Uh, it happens all the time, and so uh, so I, I I'm going the other way. I can imagine myself being, you know, if I make it that far, say seventy five, eighty year old man. Yeah, you know, one of those old people who just smiles all the time, just ah, <laughs> ah, you, know, you just see them kind of looking at the yeah. world. It's like this dream, <laughs> crazy. I can't believe, can't believe it's happening. Children yeah. and cookies. Uh, yeah, um, because it's. I, I, you know, I still feel ups and downs, and I, I still feel anger and and pain and sorrow. But it, but um, but more and more, it's just uh, it's an ocean, it's a sea of uh, of wonder, not confusion. Yeah, uh, you hear the children outside. Yeah, this is this is a good omen, actually, for exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Read a book. You're the future. <laughs> These poor kids. This generation is going to be pissed off when they get old enough to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Figure out what we've done. Yeah. 
they're gonna say you did what to our planet what i hope i hope that's the case i don't know i mean you may be wrong i hope that i hope so i mean i'm pretty sure my son will feel that way but i Sometimes they just turn out to be the opposites or assholes. I, mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> Your kids are gorgeous, man. Like in a, they're beauties. Yeah, so I guess I feel – in my best days, I feel full of wonder. Okay. That's, but then there is this other thing, which is um, – it, it's more related to that mortality thing, which is kind of an existential dread. And I think that that feels like – just the sloughing off of this of this very old skin like okay here's and there's a part of me that doesn't seem to want to let it go i'm starting to think that that that's all rooted in loose ends that we've got i've got loose ends that i need to cauterize or tie up like what's the first thing that comes to your mind my dad well that the relationship with my dad no question um Uh, the the amount of time that I have left to make an impression on my kids, that that is a, a loose end. I don't have control over it. I have to, it's a waiting game, and I literally just need to survive my way through that to have an impact on my kids in the way that I ho- hope to have. I mean, I don't know. Um, that's where my anxiety comes from. Is yeah, but loose you know, ends. I, like... I mean, there there are past injustices that I've committed that I feel like I need to. I know, but then it's a slippery slope. Like, are you doing that? Am I doing that for myself or for the benefit of? It's so, really just for myself. Okay, so, so now yeah. let's go back to religion. All right. Yeah. So, so I think about something like Yom Kippur and mm-hmm. and the, the like in Hebrew tradition, where once a year <laughs> the airing of grievances. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's not Judaism. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but that, that once a year you atone for your sins. Sure. You find the people that you've wronged. You apologize for it. You own up to it. That is beautiful. That is a beautiful social construction that's that's intertwined uh, within within the belief in the the religious system. How that how that apology is received is not a part of the equation. No, it's, it's just that, the, the act of doing it. That's exactly right because uh-huh. it, it it you know it, it humbles you, it it polishes you, and mm-hmm. also it just it like you said, it ties up some loose ends. Mm-hmm. It absolves you mm-hmm. of the, of carrying around the guilt of not uh, acknowledging it to the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so th- that's an example of baby being thrown out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. So if you just dismiss Judaism, well, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, anyway, yeah, I, I hear you. The thing with loose ends is, and maybe this is total denial, but it's uh, I, I'm not ready to tie up loose ends. I'm, huh? You know, I get I get a lot of I get a lot of stuff to the there's still a lot of liquidy stuff. That's nice. Yeah, I think so. I hope I sleep better tonight. Hey, let's get to some plug in some stuff. What are you up to? Let's do it. <laughs> um, uh, got the big tour coming up. Yeah. Uh, what so, is, what's that about? Um, so I'm bringing over my choir, the Eric Whitaker Singers mm-hmm. from England mm-hmm. for a six date uh, East Coast tour plus Milwaukee and then Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, 18 singers will do some of my music. Do You're not coming to the West Coast? No, unfortunately. I see. It's, it's amazing. You know, like, I, the, the tours are so hard. They're really, really expensive. Mean, oh, uh-huh. and oh, logistically, God. everything. Everything. Yeah. It's, it's, people are so gracious, you know, I'll announce on Facebook. It's like, yeah, we're coming to Philadelphia. And people say, oh, but what about Seattle? What about Phoenix? And right. I would, if it were up to me, I'd come to every small town in America. Are you self-producing it? Like, are you paying for it? How does it, yeah, how does well, it work? So, so that's the thing. The, the way it works is the presenter will say, yeah, we'll, we'll pay for this. Uh-huh. Um, 
but they've got to know a year and a half, two years in advance. Is You've this got, per venue or is this for the whole tour? Yeah, so well, then that's the tricky part. Yeah. So, so the venue will say, we'll pay this amount for your concert, uh -huh. plus maybe this amount extra, let's say, for rehearsal. But then what you've got to do is you've got to cobble all that together to pay for fees for singers to come all the way yeah. to fly over, mm -hmm. their visas, their per diem, Airfare, their food, yeah, all that stuff, insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a thing, you yeah. know? Um, and, and so even just to finance a five or six day tour, it's a ton of money. And, uh, and a I, big undertaking. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, um, it, it, but anyway, it's, it's my passion. I, yeah. I love, love, love it. And so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do some amazing, amazing concerts and we'll end at the ACDA national convention. Nice. Have you picked the repertoire already? Yeah, mostly. So we'll do, um, it's called music for sacred spaces. Mm -hmm. At least that was the idea. Mm -hmm. And so of mine, we'll do Luxe and Saint Chapelle and, a new piece that is uh, from this thing that I'm writing with yeah. Tony. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to do a cover of a, a pop song. Yeah. And um, what else am I doing of mine? Uh, uh, oh, Leonardo Dreams of the Spline Machine. Nice. And then uh, we'll we'll even uh, we'll do Sleep, and then we'll also do uh, Go Lovely Rose. And Go Lovely Rose because it's the very first piece I wrote. Yeah. It's for my conductor, David Weiler, the, the guy who changed my life. And it's so that we can end up at the national convention and sing that as the last piece on our program. Oh, that's lovely. Amazingly, when we sing at the national convention, it's it'll be 25 years almost to the day that we premiered Go Lovely Rose at, at a Western regional convention in Hawaii. Wow. In 1992. Yes, yeah, we're off by a week. It's incredible. So I'll be able to stand up. How's the piece with Tony? How's the piece of Tony's coming along? It's good. Yeah. It's it's um, because I know sometimes I can tell I can always tell when you're working on a piece when we get together. Can you really? Oh, always. Why am I like? Yeah, you're just cloudy. An <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. You know, you're always thinking about you, you're thinking about it. Yeah, it's I, like it's like when I'm studying a role. It, it's always I've got a solo coming up uh, tomorrow. For can rehearsal, you, so and you I'm can like, see I'm not engaged. No, totally. Uh, sometimes it depends on what part of the process you're in. Really? Yeah. Like right now, I think like, oh, you seem to have. Seems to be under control. Yeah, you're morally. not stressed out about it. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, you can tell when it's I'm when kinda... you're. Yeah, like, like writer's block, or I don't know if it's writer's block for you, but that kind of thing where you're still hashing it out. Yeah, I think that is it. Oh, is it funny? I'm getting butterflies talking about that <laughs> part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it'll, it'll be it? done. It'll be ready. Yeah, it's, it's it'll be something. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'm trying just trying to find it. The, the thing with Tony, it's it's fascinating because um we're now we're building this huge piece together yeah. and so uh first he's got to go really digging in the dirt about because it's it's about death and about it's his wife personal, and passing. Yeah, very sure. very personal and so some of the poems he sent me just you know i burst into tears as soon as i read them because it's, you think my god first to live that and then to write about it mm -hmm. uh, and then to trust me to put some music to it mm -hmm. um and and then I'm in this weird spot where it's a so say it's a 70 minute piece. I don't I know the general architecture of it, but so far all I'm writing is unbelievably slow, meditative. Uh, it's like the most emo piece ever. Yeah, yeah. And and there's a part of me that's like, oh, just keep working on it. It's all gonna have shape and it's gonna form. But right now, I think there's no way people are gonna just sit there's down. There's that voice, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, I'm gonna 70 throw minutes of like. <laughs> Okay, we got it. It's bad. Yeah. Um, do you ever get? Do you ever just scrap it? Have you? Has that ever happened when you've gotten 
so deep into it and then you're like oh this, this oh yeah all the time yeah all work. the time there's this damn piece that i've been trying to write for years yeah. that, that I, i'll work and work and work on it like, no i can't i can't crack it i can't solve it huh. well your piece I, yeah. I i carry your heart yeah uh which nobody on this podcast will have heard yeah um how's that going is that is that going to work out yeah yeah so, so it's it's oh, done it and every, yeah it's, oh it is yeah the rights to it and everything oh yeah the rights yeah it's, it's just I mean. a long slow slog to get it but yes they'll We'll get them eventually. Oh, so, um, but John Byan's group, uh, Riverside City College, is going to perform it at the national convention, and so <laughs> awesome. yeah, so we'll kind of introduce it to the world. Yeah. But that's the perfect example. You asked me to write that piece for your wedding, yeah, six years ago, yeah, and I sat down and I had all this material, yeah, and just yeah, I was like trying to make it happen. And I just couldn't do it. Well, to be fair, I mean, I really I put a lot on your plate during that time. Yeah, but you know. Like sometimes it happens and yeah. sometimes it doesn't. And sure. I just couldn't, it was, so I just threw it out. I was like, nope, that's not, and, and six years later, suddenly there's just one little, literally it was two notes that did it. Um, it so I'll have to show it to you on the piano, but basically what happens is. What um, were you doing at the time when it, were you at the piano when, when you figured it out or? I was listening to Peter Grimes. Uh -huh. Okay, so in Benjamin Burton's Peter Grimes, there's one of the interludes. It, there's these four C interludes, yeah, right? Sure. And one of them is, I think it's called Moonlight, but it's, uh, it goes, right? It's this beautiful, haunting, stumbling kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, for years, I've loved that. And so it's that, the, the bit, those two notes, okay? Mm -hmm. So somehow, for whatever reason, I was listening to it and it connected to the poem, mm -hmm. I Carry Your Heart. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, you know, duh. I think it's because it has the same emotional, there's there's this bittersweet, innocent longing. Longing, there. yeah, for sure, yeah. And then I thought, okay, so, so what you do then is you take, that's, let's say that's an alto line. And then you take the sopranos, Dom, they're gonna be on this G. It's a G mm -hmm. uh, in the piece, but Dom, they're here. Then the altos endlessly throughout the piece. Dom, they're coming right up to G. Mm -hmm. So they can't ever unify. Right. So they're constantly bumping, 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 but never once in the piece do the sopranos and altos unify. Mm -hmm. They're always just touching. Then the sopranos move away, come back, come back, come back. Sometimes the altos sing a G and the sopranos are way above them. Mm -hmm. And as the sopranos come down, they move away from the G. So that mm -hmm. they're never, and then the final note, I carry your heart, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, it is is then the Sopranos are holding that G and then we hear the altos, dia, dia. they resolve, mm -hmm. boom. So that's all I needed. Somehow it took me six years to think, oh, that's the way in. Those two notes, that's the key to this whole thing. And uh, that, yeah. I mean, does that happen a lot? Yeah, all the time. I mean, the worst part is it happens, it sometimes takes forever yeah. for something like that. And there doesn't seem to be any elixir. There doesn't seem to be Oh, if, if I'm working out or if I'm sleeping well or if I'm eating right or with my friends or there's yeah. doesn't seem to be anything that causes that connection For to me, happen. It's boredom. Boredom <sighs> causes that connection to happen. Well, you know what's interesting is that's the that's what they say is the key, right? Is yeah. first you have a data prime, right? Yeah. You fill your head full of plays and musicals and yeah. movies and, and then you get in a place where you're bored mm -hmm. and your mind just starts making these these distant connections. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I I mean, I used to it's always when I'm in the shower, when I'm in the shower or um, 
like ironing, something really just mindless. And I think that's where yeah. I, I think that's where, like we were talking about earlier, where social media kills a lot of creativity. That's uh, one of the terrible byproducts of, of that. I agree with. Yeah. And I'd say less social media for me and more just internet screens, obsession. Just screens. Screens. Like, for instance, since, well, I'd say for the last year, my hobby has been the election, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. been every me free too. moment i'm obsessed like the podcast the, the endless websites the, the pundits the prognostication right just same thing right yeah so and there's no question that it's taking away from my focus yeah <coughs> sorry man yeah yeah <coughs> so we so what else do you have you've got the tour coming up tell me again when that is it's in march yeah uh, uh -huh. end of february February uh -huh. first week of March, uh -huh. and then um, when's the Deep Field thing gonna come? <laughs> so we're recording Deep Field as soon as possible, hopefully yeah. in June, yeah. probably in London, mm -hmm. in Abbey Road. How cool will that be? Yeah, um, and then probably we're gonna make Sacred Veil into an album. So I'm I'm gonna go back to recording albums. So that that'll probably be the first one out. Yeah, and in the meantime, I'm going to start releasing. I think singles onto Spotify and iTunes. Mm -hmm. uh, so even just piano ideas I've got, mm -hmm. you know, highly produced, but just, just to start releasing things again, putting them out in the wild. Um, yeah, do you miss that? Yeah, I miss it a lot. I just miss the engagement with the audience. Right, right. That's nice, man. Yeah, it's good. What it's else? good. A what, bunch what, of conducting stuff. I'm uh, let's, I'm going to Belgium in a, in a week and a half. Yeah. I'll be there for two weeks with the Flemish Radio Choir touring all over. French fries and mayonnaise. That's the only thing I will eat uh, and wash it down with beer, occasional chocolate, occasional waffle. And then uh, in April, I'm doing, uh, I'll, I'll be in, or the beginning of May, I'll be in Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, do a concert in the Concertgebouw, mm -hmm. which will be with the Netherlands Chamber Choir. That'll be amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra back at the beginning of June mm -hmm. um, with BBC Singers in july so yeah it's exciting yeah it's good it's, it, it beats working for a living yeah yeah well what, what did we cover everything yeah i think today we did man i think we, we solved it all until next time <laughs> until, until next time until next week all right man it's right. great having you on the show love man. you brother love Thank you too you. thanks well there you have it folks that was uh, yours truly with eric whitaker i want to thank you for hanging in there i hope you found our conversation to be interesting as I said earlier, if you'd like to hear more interviews with fascinating people, head on over to LWAGpod or livingwithagenius.com. Send me a note. You know, say, hey, I really enjoyed your interviews. Thank you. Or you can call the number. There's a number on the upper left-hand corner there on the website. Give me a call. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you all have a great week. And until next time.